everybody, and uh, welcome back to the Indie Corner Radio. I'm your host, Jonathan Mitty, and I've got an awesome guest, uh, Troy Elkies here. How you doing, Troy? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Good, good. Um, so, Troy, I've actually... So, it's funny, because we just became Facebook friends, but I've actually known your name a lot. Um, ah. You know, I, I think you're friends with a lot of mutual friends, and you'll get tagged yeah. in a lot of stuff. Like, um, I believe you know Lydia Manson, right? Oh, yes. Yep, yeah. yep. And people like that who I've worked with, and Angel Bradford, and, and all these names yep. that I'm sure yep. you're very familiar yep. with. And uh, Yes, indeed. Yes, and they all like tag everybody. So you know, um, I, I I heard your name and I was like, wait a minute. And uh, Jimmy's the one who uh, hooked us up. Jimmy Presley. Yeah, Jimmy Sorry, Presley. Really... Happy birthday today, Jimmy. Oh, is it? Well, today birthday. is his birthday. Today is his birthday. Well, this will be out on Tuesday, so this will okay, be okay. Well, the, the the happy belated birthday, but yes, birthday the day. <laughs> he, he's know? older now. Yeah, he's a few few days older um all right well um and jimmy yeah thank you so much jimmy for for doing this this is awesome um so first of all um i'm not as familiar with you as like some podcasters might be so uh first of all uh tell tell us like you know how did you get into the world of acting did you like always want to do this as like a kid or did you sort of kind of stumble into it um well I found I just as a child I I had a little brother that died when I was really young and oh, I don't know if it had anything to do with it. Well, I just I think I I uh, embraced kind of the dark side at that point. I mean, everything spooky, everything haunted. I mean, you know, like Scooby Doo, they were ghosts and monsters and and you know, so everything the Hardy Boys and I'm dating myself a little here, but. Uh, you know, everything growing up, uh, universal monsters, you know, even things like dial M for murder and that kind of thing. You know, uh, my parents were real big into movies. So, uh, you know, the drive-ins were big for us. We were big into TV and movies. And, uh, you know, I, I went from just being in, you know, I love the creature from the Black Lagoon, all that stuff. You know, if it was spooky, I love it. And then one day, uh, my parents would let me stay up to watch Siskel and Ebert. And in 1978, they showed like 10 minutes of Halloween. And it was the scene where Jamie Lee Curtis ends up in the closet. And, it's always uh, the go-to scene, you know? Yeah, well, right? for, for this for this one, it was, uh, you know, when, when she was in the doorway, you know, uh, and then he sat up in the back. I, I mean, I, I, I crapped a cat, you know, and it was just like, I was not you know, this was new. I mean, Frankenstein, you already knew he was whatever. And then, uh, I don't know that from when he sat up, it lit something. And, uh, and then from there, I, I watched the Friday the 13th, one and two at a friend's house. And then we went and, uh, talked to my uncle into taking me to see it. Cause I wasn't, uh, I was just under the age. I think I was, yeah, I was 12. And, uh, so he took us and it was the cool, uh, I forget what you call it, but the, the kind of 3D it was. It's not the red and blue glasses kind of thing. They were clear glasses, and it was just, it was insane. But, um, yeah, I just felt, you know, I've, I've always loved the spooky and the monster kind of stuff. And then, you know, I make hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of skit videos, comedy and horror. I love Benny Hill. I love everything horror. So 
somewhere in there, you know, I'm either using, usually making something uh, goofy or monster or goofy monster. And just a few years ago, I decided uh, I wanted to do it more professionally, actually, I, you know, whatever, um, just not by myself anymore, you know? So, uh, you know, it actually started out with just a small dream. I, I wanted to be uh, an extra in a movie. You know, I just told you, yeah, one day, you know, you look at your grandkids, you know, if you pause right there, the 38th guy you know, to the left, that's your grandpa, you know? And uh, so I got into uh, background acting here in Portland and they started me my first, first gig as a featured background artist in the room with all the stars of the of the series network it was a netflix series uh trinkets oh, uh Bri- brianna hildebrand who was the uh turbo teenage turbo i forget the name uh on uh deadpool the the oh, angry yeah. the angry girl and then uh the other girl was uh, uh i forget her name but she is in fear street and she's like one of the main star of Fear Street, whatever, all three of them. And then uh, the other girl went on to do, uh, she's, a, I think, Black Adam or something cool. But anyway, uh, so I got the the bug of being on the set right there, you know. But I'm like, eh, I'm not, I'm not interested in being in a large crowd, you know. If I, if I was a background actor at a football game. I'm the guy behind the coach with the big sign going, go team. Or I'm the guy next to the coach holding the clipboard or, you know what I mean? Right. Um, So, and then I find myself in the woods on a trail with another background actor and Nicholas cage and another actress. And uh, I didn't even know what I was walking into at that point. They're like, you want to work on the movie? Yeah. Yeah. And then they started rumoring that he was uh, like a producing it or something. And then when we saw him, I was like, Wow. And, uh, yeah. And then I got to work with, uh, uh, Damon Wayans Jr. On something called kill the orange. Uh, yeah. Kill the orange face bear. And it's just an insane story, but, uh, that has was sold to comedy central. It got the ax anyway, these just in a rolling row, you know, just really got the juices flowing. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I've been, I've been studying, uh, you know, I've never gone to school or anything for it, but I've been studying just all the aspects of filmmaking. You know, uh, I need a, a whole bunch of work on screenplay and stuff. That's, that's still. That's we all do um, writing. I think the biggest problem with that is there's no, even though there's like millions of freaking books about it, you know, there's no real like definitive thing for screenwriting. You know what I mean? Right. So like, this has to be the this way or whatever. Um, no matter what anybody tries to tell you, that's not true because you can look at so many different scripts and some of them are just so different from the other ones and they get picked up and they get bought. And so that means that, you know, and they don't get changed into, you know, whatever. So it's, 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 you know, you look at like back to the future. If you look at their screenplay, it's a different than, you know, say like um, clueless, you know, like every, right, right. Every script is written differently and everything. I, and so, you know. I just recently, uh, well, just this last summer, I was on a set for a trailer here uh, for a movie they're going to film in Portland. And the director is Michael Bayuth, who is uh, 
turns out he's Ted White's son, Ted White, uh, Jason Voorhees from nice. Friday the 13th, part four. But in talking to him, you know, he he told me some amazing stories. He he got to be on set uh, on in Goonies, and the set he was on was in the, the pirate ship, you know, and in the cavern and all that. And like of all the places in Goonies to be, that'd probably be the coolest, you know, uh, set to be on. I don't know. Like when you're on it, like you feel that way, you know, like, no, no, I but I, I think actors even like realize that what they had, you know, I thought they, they probably oh, right. thought this is fun, but like, you know, when you see the movie, you're like, Oh my God, that's so much cool. Yeah. Looking back on it, it would have been cool. Be like, okay, the scene I got to be in or work on or whatever was this scene. And that's, you know, it just ended up being such an, an iconic scene and an uh-huh. iconic movie. And that's filmed right here in my state too. So it's uh, nice. popular around here, but um, yeah. So he has been really kind and he let me read his screenplay. He's got a really awesome story uh, called corn stalkers and he let me read it. And uh, he's really been kind of trying to help me along as far as, you know, story structures and screenplay. And someone who has been around and very experienced, uh, it's amazing. It's invaluable, you know. So, uh, yeah, I've just, I've always had the love for movies and stuff. And then I, I started doing this and then meeting such amazing people. And, uh, you know, along the way, and it just makes you want more and more. And so now I'm working on my own, my own, uh, my own flick. I hope to get a, about a, an hour twenty out of it. Mm. And oh, uh, I mean, all you can do is keep shooting. You know, sometimes yep. you can get more. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Now we're. Uh, I, I wrote a short story called Nazi Werewolves from the Moon, and uh, now. We've got a, a basic script done, working on you know some rewrites and finalizing it and all that. But we are uh, we have a campaign underway, and we're going to be filming this summer. And <clears throat> the general story really is it, it's a little confusing. But first of all, I'll tell you this: we're we're shooting a black and white. This is a fifties movie. Mm-hmm. This is a fifties sci-fi creature feature. Okay, so we're going to have film grain, so it's all old. We have all fifties vehicles. Uh, 50s hairstyles, 50, uh, 50s lingo, and all that yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's uh, and in true fashion of uh, the older kind of movies like that, there's not going to be any nudity. Um, we are going to have lots of blood, but um, lots of uh, lots not- of, uh was it uh, what do they use in Psycho like uh, a syrup? You know, yeah, they used the uh, Hershey's, yeah, Hershey's yeah. syrup. But uh, well, see, we're we're gonna colorize the blood, so we're oh, gonna use red. Nice. I want it to be all black and white, but it's gonna be colorized. So the thing is, it's twenty fifty, so it's actually in the future. It's in the so what what happened here is uh, after World War Three, when the grid went down and uh, everything, it was down for a few months, and when it came back up. Uh, the internet took even longer to get back up, and by the time it did, nobody really cared about it anymore. It's uh, no, it, it was running at you know not even the full capacity again, and nobody cared about it enough to build it back up where it was. There's no social media anymore. They just you know there's a few recipes and whatever. So, uh, they've returned to a simpler time. It's the fifties again, but they have their cell phones, which they use for phones, which I'm going to colorize those too, because the blood and the phones, they both represent some sort of 
you know, could so, be okay, nefarious. Okay. So you did say this is a little confusing because, and I, I get what you're saying with that because, like, so this takes place in 2050. Yet yes. They want to go back to 1950. To they're, like, they're living you know, like, like the 50s again. Yeah, yes. like like we said, a lot of people said, oh, 2020, uh, 2020 is going to be the 1920s, you know, or whatever. Right, right. All this stuff, which it really wasn't. <clears throat> and it, you know, it was kind of like it, I guess. There's probably similarities, but people could say, but, you know. Well, it, it, what what happened was, too, so in, that's, that's uh, the story takes place in 2050, so it's a 50s movie, black and white, but it's in 2050, and um, what had happened in the 40s when, uh, towards the end of World War II, when Hitler was killed, um, he wasn't. Mm. He escaped. He escaped to the moon, and they'd been working on a base there for about 10 years, so he took off with scientists, his top soldier, some dogs, his wife or girlfriend, whatever, uh, and some soldiers, soldier, scientists, whatever, and they took off. The U.S. Army was so embarrassed by his escape that they made the, the story that he'd killed himself, and then they went ahead and preemptively made up a story that uh, to, to leak that he had escaped to Argentina so they could debunk. And when they were leaving, there was a big shootout when they got away. And one of the soldiers, um, one of the Nazi soldiers had dropped it like a, a microfilm and one of the American soldiers took it. He didn't tell anybody, he just put it in his pocket. And so he's passed this down through generations. <clears throat> now Hitler's been alive on the moon for over a hundred years. Before they took off to the moon. Wait, wait. So he survived a hundred years because he was living on the moon, or like was there something that was keeping him alive? Yes. So before they took off, his top right hand man, Hans Wilhelm, was getting secret injections, uh, trying to create a super soldier after they had captured a werewolf. So they were taking werewolf blood and they were. They made a serum that they started to test on this guy, and he started to murder people in Germany or in and around World War II. Well, the German propaganda machine, uh, you know, blamed it on uh, animal attacks and, and, you know, various things despite evidence to the contrary. Um, so they're all have uh, werewolf blood in them of some sort. And so now they're on the moon and you know the full moon of the werewolf what what better place to make the most powerful werewolves in the galaxy so they've been sitting up there i never thought about that because the full moon like is the moon always full when it's uh when you're on it you know yeah exactly exactly (laughs) yes so they're just like in full power now um when he comes down, it has to be during a full moon. So he has a limited time, but uh, what they're doing is the, the microfilm that uh, the soldier took and passed down through his military uh, decorated military family, uh, his father before him and so on. Um, they're after that last thing, that last microfilm thing is the final puzzle piece for their galactic domination. And the only thing holding them back from that last and final step. So they have sent down a werewolf, uh, a Nazi werewolf, in fact, to hunt down and find the vet and, and they know where he is and uh, retrieve 
that microfilm so he could get back and uh and they can take over the galaxy and then it's over for everybody but luckily we've got some model americans out there that are fighting the nazis and uh we got some kids that are trying to figure out what on earth is going on they saw something go down they don't they're not aware of the werewolf per se but they're being warned everyone's being warned and uh we have to see what happens in the end. And the end has a twist that's even weirder than all of this. But, uh, yeah, that's, you know, in a nutshell, that's what it is. And we uh, we are doing we, – we also have some extra cool stuff. So we have a full soundtrack, and I mean songs, by a band uh, that will be used throughout the movie. And then I also have – an original score being worked on for the actual music, you know, and the scary music and the tension and all that. Um, we have miniatures like Harry Housen kind of miniatures. Uh, I was going to ask, is this like all practical or is there going to be CGI as well? All practical. There will be no CGI. So like when you make the moon, you're going to make a set that looks like the moon kind of thing. Uh, green screen is amazing just tell you that but yes i have uh, i've already made a crater uh well the 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 base inside the bottom of a crater which we've already we've been working on angles and and uh you know frame rates and all that stuff and just trying to get uh working on finding our best shot but i've got a rocket uh, i've got the base and then i spent a lot of time i uh i got a lot of model train stuff that i actually ended up with including uh, rock forms uh plaster paris and so i am really really happy with the crater i mean it turned out uh above and beyond what i thought even towards you know i it, even when i thought i was done and I, I did a little something accidentally and then realized oh i need more of that that made it look more you know so uh, it turned out pr pretty good. So we got a lot of fun stuff involved in here. We've shot some of the flashback scenes. Um, there's going to be a lot of blood. Uh, there's not even, I think damn is, is in the story is the worst cuss word. Well, I mean, uh, if it's supposed to be like a fifties kind of thing, you know, are you going to try to, are you going to do the lingo well, like daddy O and. Cool oh cat? yeah. 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 Um, you know, it's, it's not going to be, overdone like that but it is like take it easy mac you know uh some some of the smaller things to keep it uh you know i, I really want to stay true to the feel of a 50s b sci-fi creature feature but uh you know we're also going to use more modern camera angles movements that kind of thing what are uh, some of your like favorite of those kind of movies Oh man, uh, the day of the earth stood still. Uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon is amazing. One of the movies that I watched recently that wasn't necessarily that good, but it wasn't terrible. It was kind of in a nutshell, uh, it, it Invasion of the Saucer Men, and it's free on YouTube or something. And it's it's uh, just a kooky old B, you know, black and white creature feature, but. Um, 
Yeah, I always loved all those movies. I mean, there's the uh, there's a lot of those older classics that have like the uh, the weird alien with the big brain. I don't know, is that Plan Nine and that, or whatever? But I don't um, think it was in Plan Nine, but like I think it was like the brain from Eros or something like that. Well, there's, there's yeah, there's so many of them. Yeah, um, you know. And then there's like one of the ones I used to love when I was a kid, and it was it always made the so bad, you know, like they do the the voiceovers or or the they play crappy movie theater or whatever. Well, yeah, and it was Science the... Theater three thousand that kind of thing. Yeah, Day of the Triffids. That was one I I've liked heard back of it. in the day. Yeah, it was uh, some kind of they were plants, and they got you know whatever some space rays or something from a meteor came by and. Mm. And, uh, I, I love that. Like, I love those kind of like playing nine is just so silly and just so like Ed Wood was one of my favorite. I, I like I always yes. sort of an inspiration to me because even though he made bad movies, you know, or whatever, or what we defined as bad movies, now that you see that anybody can make a movie, you're, you're not Ed Wood doesn't look so bad now, you know? Right, right. He tried really hard and he had a bigger budget than a lot of these, you know, these people have nowadays, you know, or whatever. Yeah. So, I'm know. also uh, also working on uh, a movie called Fur, which is campaigning right now, too. And it is a killer animatronic bear. And I'll be doing the voice of the bear. Uh, I'm really looking, really looking forward. I mean, to that. are you That's just saying roar, or is it like a talking? Game? No, I, I don't, I don't know yet. I haven't seen the entire script, but this shows him playing the piano and stuff. And so, <laughs> you know, uh, okay, that sounds Josh, a little silly, but all right. Josh, the writer director, uh, Josh Gray, funny guys, yeah, yeah, pretty funny guys. So, uh, yeah, I can't wait to see what he has written, and then, uh, you know, maybe we can. Uh, Make a damn goofy movie. I mean, if it's a talking bear, why not, right? <laughs> Suppose so. It's 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 if I it's an animatronic bear. It's like a Christmas bear at some display or something, and then a meteor comes by and oh, that's kind of cool. Start, All right, starts killing everybody. Nice. Well, you know, that's what an animatronic bear would do if it could walk around. That's what right? I'm saying. You ever eat at Chuck E. Cheese and they give you the eye? That's why they're I, making all these weird movies now. Yeah, uh, at the 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 restaurant we use we used for my movies or whatever, uh, Rocco Smokehouse. They have a huge bear there, like a, a a stuffed bear thing, but it's a big you know big big thing. And I'm like thinking that thing got loose, you know, or whatever. Woke up, you know. We we yeah definitely would life. have some <laughs> yeah we definitely would have some problems, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that's uh, that that's cool. Um, I I love movies that, especially like, I love movies in the fifties because they really tried to make something that had some sort of, you know, um, message to what was going on. Like whether it be stuff that's going on around in, um, you know, the world. Like as far as like, uh, you know was the atom bomb being dropped and all these other things happening. Um, they, they were trying to have a message, you know, and I feel like I hate to say it, but most indie horror films and, and a couple of mine included, you know, things like that don't really have a message that speaks to the audience of today. And I'm hoping your movie does have a little bit of that, like something that you could, you know, cause you're you're talking about the 2050, but we live in 2024, you know. So like, yeah, 
Uh, there's maybe, a there's a whole third world war and things that happen in between now and then in the story. So, which might very well happen. You never know. <laughs> you, you never know. We're yeah. we're in a really weird place right now where like there are wars going around, and at any time if we jump in, it could become World War Three. So you know, it's scary. Did, did you ever see there was a a TV movie in 1977? I actually own it. It's called Day of the Animals. Uh, I've heard of it. it. I have heard of it, and I think it's on like vinegar syndrome or one of those you know things for a DVD. But I never, I I haven't seen it. No, I love it. It's uh, to what you were saying in the very beginning. See, back when I was young and in uh, like late seventies, early eighties, they were talking about the ozone layer. You're gonna, you know, using your hairspray, you're, you're gonna put this big hole in the ozone, and then I don't know, it's gonna suck us out of space or something uh anyway uh so the beginning of this movie it has the scrolling credit type thing in the beginning and it's talking about due to whatever the the ozone layer is getting so thin that the radiation is coming through and so the premise of the movie is uh i think they're in california somewhere but they are at a town that's kind of a higher elevation so closer to the radiation and all that and uh it actually has leslie nielsen in it which is weird because he plays um a very very bad guy and uh you know after airplane and uh naked oh, gun and all oh. that i'm used to used to him cracking a joke you know so I mean, it's, you it's a little Creep weird show. But... you've seen the original Creep yeah show, same thing like, same yeah. thing yes yes he's just plays this creepy and he played it good too but um uh, yeah that reminded me of that and then uh you know of course uh godzilla versus hedora or, or the smog monster that was quite clear uh, a clear message about pollution yeah there's there's tons of like you know that kind of talk like that sort of those sort of movies and um for me personally i was uh, I mean, I, most of the time I don't even realize that there's that message, you know, and, and I think that's a sign of a, a pretty good movie when they don't like yeah. pop you on the head with it, but it's there. There's like this underlying, you know, talk or message. Nowadays, movies get so political that it just like just, you know, berates you with it. And, and people yeah. don't see that anymore. People, people want to go back to being entertained and if there's a message in there, uh, just don't hit you over the head with it. Just, you know, just let it be subtle. And I always think that's that's the best, you know. <clears throat> My favorite movies, I think, are <clears throat> uh, like the whole world problem, like uh, the happening, uh, any of the, you know, the zombies. Really? You like the, the happening? Uh, well, I just like the those kind of movies where, like, stuff's happening to everyone. Right. And... The happening uh, is I, pretty I like, bad. I like the, yeah, I like the beginning when everybody's just jumping off the buildings and everything. Everybody's trying to figure out what the hell. But yeah, it, it, yeah. it went pretty bad. But those kind of movies uh, the, where the giant meteors coming, uh, we have a, a, a giant, you know, uh, uh, weather apocalypse. Uh, anything like is happening to the world. I like those movies. The zombies, the, you know, outbreak uh, where it's just something. Uh um and that's kind of where we're at here with Earth versus the Nazi werewolves from the moon. And uh, well, yeah. Well, have you ever watched <clears> the <throat> Asylum movies these days? That's like half of what they do these days. Like, I was, uh, I got to be an extra. It's, you know, you're an extra 
in a movie with uh, Nicolas Cage. I was an extra in a movie with uh, Eric Roberts, and uh, it was oh, cool. Like, uh, yeah, he was. Oh man, he was so nice. Uh, but I had like one or two lines, you know, and uh, actually two lines. I had more, but this was a last minute thing, so I just, you know, I, 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 we gave the lines to the writer, you know, because he knew all the lines and he knew how to say them, you know, and everything. I was just like, I was a last minute replacement for somebody. Um, but anyway, the point was like he, uh, th that was basically it's called Collision Earth, and it was like okay. You know, that kind of thing where there's a meteor coming to Earth and the military has to figure out how to stop it. And there's these team of people who can figure it out. And yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's pretty much Armageddon. It's pretty much deep impact on all the. Yeah, any apocalyptic kind of thing. Yeah. Well, sci fi, you know, um, uh, apocalyptic thing, you know, or whatever. Yeah. You know, which I like. I like that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's funny, Eric Roberts. I actually, uh, I'm in a movie with him called It Wants Blood, and it's I Balsamo. Am, yeah, I'm on the TV talking smack about his character, and he's sitting nice. there watching it. And then, uh, and then I got a in the credits at the end. So they had me talking about what a piece of garbage he is. You know, there's no way I'd ever vote for this guy ever. And then in the end, I'm like, totally had his, you know, the whole time. Uh, you know, I always knew he ruled. He was the best. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, but it was pretty funny. And yeah, it was Eric Roberts. I, was, I thought that was kind of cool. So how did you end up working with James Walsamo? Uh, through Greg Gilbert in Python's Paradise. Uh, Greg had me on. He uh, saw some of my YouTube stuff. Uh, brought me on his show and then uh he's uh you know friends with james and he turned me on to uh a couple i'm in like three of his movies uh I'm still waiting for uh, balsamo beach to come out but i'm in uh uh oh, i forget the name of it something uh i don't know it escapes me right now something to die and then uh, uh of course the uh it wants blood he was uh he was at my birthday um what is it birthday lunch that I did that I had uh, um I had asked him I asked a bunch of people that were in a because I was visiting L A for my birthday um I I been, he's really a funny guy yeah I used to live in L A so uh, I wanted to come back and just visit and uh and it was like this past birthday so it was January and uh I got to um uh, what is it uh I got to meet his girlfriend. And then I uh, also got to hang out with um, Brink Stevens and uh, uh, was it uh, Craig Hammond and and Eric Sputik, so a bunch of the people that I'm like good friends with, you know, and stuff. Cool. So, yeah, I'm sure you know some of those names, you know, because they sounds they're, familiar they're, for sure. Yeah, they're all in movies, you know, and in, in this in the indie industry, you know, and stuff. So and you don't you know Brink Stevens though, right? You know that name. That sounds familiar. Uh, she's a scream queen. What is some like okay. uh uh was it cannibal women in the avocado jungle or something? Oh god, yes, yes, like, no, uh yeah. Uh, I wanna that's, see uh, that's a while back. Yeah, no, she's been in this stuff since the eighties. Um wow. yeah, we were talking about that, how freaking long she's been doing this and, and keeps doing it, you know. Um but yeah, she uh yeah she was in munchie you know um mm -hmm. teenage exorcist 
you know. I don't uh, think I ever saw that one. Uh, I, I haven't either. Uh, she was in, uh, a small partner in Fandom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge, which I just reviewed recently, and so much fun. I don't know if you ever saw that one. It's goofy. Um, way, way back. I wouldn't. I don't think I remember. I remember the uh, the title, and I'm sure I saw it. She was in Savage Streets, you know, as a like you know extra, you know. Um, she was in Slumber Party Massacre. She was in a lot of stuff. So, mm, wow. Yeah. So has a huge career, and uh, so just having her at the, uh, you know, having her at lunch was pretty neat. And stuff, yeah, definitely. You know? Um, but um, but yeah, I you know I'm sure because you've done other, you've done a lot of voice work, you know, which I want to yeah. talk about right now is like. You know, how did you get into that? Like, did you did you always think, oh, voice work would be fun? Uh, no, not really. I just do and have for years. As far as some of the goofy videos that I do, like I'll take uh, older, you know, episodes of Johnny Quest or something, and I'll I'll put some really crude, rude, obnoxious humor on. But I'll I'll just you know wipe the wipe the uh the sound clear and this just layer it all the way up and then put the voices over and all that so i would do that kind of stuff all the time and then uh deborah Voorhees, who was uh tina i believe in uh, friday the 13th part five a new beginning she had a group that i was in friends with her on facebook and she started asking people she had an idea for a movie and if people would be interested so uh, there was a lot of interest and 13 fanboy. And so I ended up getting a part, my first voice, voice stuff there because, um, I entered a lot of contests on her site and stuff like that. And, uh, so I entered that and, and, uh, so in 13 fanboy is pretty fun when I, uh, I just, it's a simple line. It was like, we're on our way. And that was it. But it was like, yeah, that was really fun, you know? And Josh Graves, he actually, uh, before before the 13 fanboy thing, he uh, had me doing some fake trailers for him. The Deranged, I think, was one. And then he was uh, working on his first movie, Red Summer Massacre. And then, like, some people that had joined the project came in and then tried to sabotage it from the inside and tried to screw him over. And then it, put, it set him way back, you know, and... He had to start all over and then he kind of came out with a different idea and a new approach. And then he's just been killing it. He's, he's doing awesome. But, um, so he was always having me do tons of his trailers. And then, you know, once I do a couple of trailers, then, uh, someone else. And then, then I start answering like, you know, people are looking for voice work. I'm like, well, I just did this, 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 you know, so now I have some actual samples, you know, and, uh, and so it just kind of built up from there. And then I, I, you know, for, uh, for some of the other people I got, like, you know, I play a recurring character in one, um, uh, for October studios, I think is the name of their studios. Uh, Dr. Dark, I mean, several of their things, you know, and then, uh, you know, it's just been fun. And, uh, well, right now I'm, I'm wait. Oh, Springsville, Springsville. I am the voice of the, the main bad guy. Uh, he doesn't have a ton of lines, but they is are it creepy. like a Freddy Krueger type thing, or is it like like a little bit more serious? 
it's uh it's he did a really kind of a cool thing it's like partially i wouldn't say found footage but investigative footage and then partial movie footage but it's uh he's based on a child murder so it's kind of you know it's serious but you have kind of a the way the guys dress and everything you have sort of a michael myers element i guess you know to it um but yeah tons of stuff and then like matthew mark hunter i did uh i've done tons of stuff for him from uh talking sex dolls to uh i did a nazi marshmallow one time and uh a nazi marshmallow yeah in a ufo as an alien nazi marshmallow and to to take over the world but uh and that's not going to come back in your movie like a crossover no, uh, no, he actually, he actually mentioned that. He's like, "Hey, man, maybe we could." Uh... But uh, no, so it just, uh, yeah, I just been out there, and then I got a lot of friends that uh, know that I, I really dig it. So they'll always tag me. Lydia Manson's one of them. Sean Thompson, but they're always tagging me and stuff when someone's looking for a uh, for a voiceover. I just did one recently for uh, Destiny Soria, her uh, Christmas slasher movie. Nice. I did some work for her. Um, yeah, unfortunately, like, so I had a I had a review, like an interview with her that I did, and um, uh, she unfortunately said um, too much about the the movie or whatever because like she gave away the the name of the the killer reindeer and everything or whatever I guess at no. the time, and she wasn't allowed to like say that name i don't like you know whatever and uh so she had me like delete the uh interview which i, I mean i could have re-uploaded it without like and cut that stuff out but you know i just was like yeah and it's okay we'll just redo the interview at some point, do over you know? yeah. Yeah. yeah and she can talk about it at some point when she's not too busy she's always busy yeah i, I <laughs> see her post she's moving 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 she was in new york and then somewhere else and yeah busy busy. yeah i don't know how the hell she does that because man i (laughs) travel so much but uh you know she's just busy she got always things good she's doing you know it's wonderful yeah yes indeed so do you love being like do you love being part of this community oh yeah you know i have 13 fanboy was the first ever movie that i was involved in uh a crowdfunding campaign uh, perks and crowdfunding and be, being able to be in the movie um cast in the movie you know i didn't i didn't buy the part and i met so many cool people during that whole process in fact a lot of them don't even like each other anymore but i <laughs> you know i i don't i don't i'm not so you know you, you screw me over then you know maybe I, I i have uh i have a problem but i you know if people are good to me i'm good to you i'm not going to side with one person over another i'm not going to treat this I'm, person that way because they you know so i just kind of same like, way you know, and I, I don't ask others to you know yeah, to I, do that if if you if you want to stay friends with people that's fine just don't get mad if i'm friends with somebody you don't like and and right. I won't get mad if you're friends with somebody I don't like, you know, like, yeah. you know, there's yep. more than uh, room for as long as you're not like a, you know, um, I mean, like a murderer or something, you know, in real life, you know, I don't give a crap. You know, if you did something 
to piss me off, yes, we're not going to probably be friends. But, yeah. and if I did something to piss you off, yes, I can understand us not being friends, you know, because it happens, yeah. you know, in this industry. For, for the you most know? part, it's really been awesome. And I got to see so many of these people support each other. And, you know, with anything, if you throw a million people in a group, you know, the more people you have, the odds that a couple of them might clash or ideas might clash or someone might even get uh, feelings hurt or, you know, taking something the wrong way or whatever. It, it, the possibilities go up. But I've seen a couple of times in the industry where things seem to go haywire, a couple of different projects for whatever reason. Um uh, you know, a couple of them sounded legit, you know, like someone on set was being uh, a creep or something like that. But the the majority, the overwhelming majority has just been great people. You know, they, they're all trying to help each other. We're all fans, you know, of horror films from, you know, the different genres to different degrees to, you know, you, you may have, uh, you know, I don't know, but we all love the same thing. And mm. I love watching, and I've been doing it for years now in, in, in producing and such, uh, you know, helping with uh, getting projects done, watching these things come to fruition. It's, I think it's neat. It's just something I enjoy. Now, some are better than others. Uh, some people you can see maybe that didn't do that good, but you can see they have absolute potential. Um, but, you know, watching someone that is, you know, goes through the process that is like serious enough to go through all it takes and then lay something out there on the table for you to judge. All right. I'll, you know, I'll support. I, you know, exactly. Who, um, who, who, who am I to kill someone's dream? You know, and, and you, you never know. It's funny how you see some some of these uh, professional directors right now, and you look at some of their like student films and stuff, and they were like, "Wow, how did someone see that and go, wow, this guy's got to direct my movie?' Or you know what I mean? It's just right. Like, and sometimes I obviously... you're lucky enough where you do see somebody who has talent, and then they go on to do bigger stuff or whatever, you know, and stuff. But well, then just just having the eye like these people like like if i saw this thing i wouldn't i wouldn't i just would have thought uh, you know but there's someone out there that went oh you know there was something about something they were doing that was right and so they were like you know if we gave this guy a budget and the actors and this and this you know he's directing or doing whatever it is uh in the correct formula i guess i don't know but I mean, so this will be your directorial debut, right? Yeah, for a feature. Yep. Yeah. And so, um, like, and, and you've, you've been on sets, you've seen different directors, yep. you know, and how they, how they handle stuff, um, and everything. And, uh, uh, you've seen probably some that didn't handle it the way that, you know, others probably would have in, in, in a kind of a bad way. But, uh, you probably, you know, like what what have you kind of learned from that well even you know it's funny because i was watching something the other night about how people direct uh differently so i, I forget which person it was but they said you know they they want a real stringent uh, rehearsal 
we're going to rehearse, rehearse, rehearse. And then you have like Spielberg who said, uh, we did a rehearsal and like these two actors are kind of meeting for the first time and I got the best performance out of them. And I'll, I, I didn't even turn the camera on mm. 30 takes later. I lost that little element of magic, you know? So that's kind of two, you know, separate degrees. I am, I'm more, I have a vision of what I want to see, but I also want to leave it to the professionals. Like if mm -hmm. you're the actor, you know, I, I they kind of tell you what we need out of the scene. You got your lines and stuff, but it's up to you to give that character life. You know what I mean? Um, the, the, the cameraman, my, my camera crew, they know their cameras inside and out. I don't have time to learn how every camera works and uh, you know, the depth of field settings and all this stuff. And then uh, also, you know, write a screenplay and also do this, you know, so I, I like to lean on people and let them be their best. You be you. It's like in football, you know, the, you'll, you'll get a team that will draft this quarterback that was so good in college. And then he comes here and you try to shove him in a system and he doesn't work. And then you have a different coach that'll, that'll that is smart enough that will draft someone, and then go. Let's do what he does the best and build around that. Mm -hmm. So you start him out immediately, you know, with uh, him able to do his best, and uh, you know, you just at that point you're you're giving them you know their best opportunity. I, I would think to to do 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 their best. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I, uh, yeah, I, I like to just let people kind of be what they are. There you go. <clears throat> um, I, uh, so I just did a uh, podcast about the movie Popcorn. I don't know if you ever saw the 1991. Yeah, uh, way back when. Yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, found out that the original director had um, got fired uh, three weeks into the production, you know. They just it just wasn't working. The lead actress got fired. It was Amy O'Neill from uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and, you know, okay. fame and stuff. And they, you know, they both got fired. Then uh, it it turned like um, like the, the problem was that the director was spending too much time being detailed oriented. And, the, and one of the guys explained the, the guy would go. Okay, you need to, you know, you need to go. You're going to walk in here. You're going to walk over this place. You're going to look over this way. You're going to come over here. You're going to see this. And by the time he got to go to say action, the guy just could remember all the all the stuff. And it was because the guy was too, like, he had a vision, which is great, but he, a, he didn't know how to communicate it with people, like, you know, and he wasn't quick enough. Like everything was slow and and going, and that works for like. Kubrick, you know, Kubrick can take his time and make sure everything is perfect. Um, but then you get people like uh, Michelle or Michael, I think it's Michael Camino, who did, um, you know, Heaven's Gate. And that became such a clusterfuck because he took too much time to like, he wanted the sun to be exactly right at the right spot for this one, which is great. It looks great on, you know, and and it's a fantastic film if you ever get through all three and a half hours of it. But it's so, you know, the it, it's too detail oriented. And you yeah, like the actor, like, like yeah, like you were saying with the actor, you know, if you if you're telling them how how they're walking, 
and everything, unless there's a reason for it. Like you got a busted knee, don't forget to limp or something, you know, unless they're, you know, unless you're, they're doing an action you're turning on a lamp or you're doing something like that. I think they would know that, you know, in the, right. in the script, but uh, yeah, you, you know, I, I'm not one that would want to tell someone how to walk. You're delivering your lines. And if you are the character, you know, and you're good at you, I believe you're the character, then, you know, I want to be surprised. I, 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 I think sometimes you can get more natural things out of people. Like some of the videos I've shot way back when, I would require the acting ability to what they could do. You know what I mean? I wouldn't put them in a position where they couldn't, where they were looking like there were too much acting, even if they had never acted before. I'd make it very simple. Um, so, you know, you work with what you got. And uh, I like, you know, just let people kind of do their thing. If you're delivering the lines, I want those idiosyncrasies, the, the character, the mannerisms, that kind of thing. I think those are the things, even in you know regular films, that when people come in and you hear that character wasn't supposed to do that, but he was just weird the way he was chewing the gum or whatever it was, you know, uh, just made that character even more interesting, you know. So uh, I, I am definitely one to let artists be artists. So are you? Um, so so to get off the indie stuff for a second. Are you a big fan of like the Hollywood stuff that's going on? Um, off and on, it just depends. Uh, you know, I love to like. Well, horror is really pretty much all I go to the theater for. But uh, Antlers, mm. a couple years ago, I I loved loved that movie. I thought the acting that kid was phenomenal. I just uh, something about it was just a, a creepy vibe. I dug. A lot of people um, didn't like it because it was a slow burn, and normally I don't mm. like slow burns, but. Um, I love that director, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, it. yeah. He is amazing. Um, I just bought a a 4K movie uh at the Dollar General, you know, of all places. When I was in Los Angeles, um, it was uh well, I was in Bakersfield actually, but uh, it was um, I think it was Hostiles. I think is what the movie was called, and um, it's the same director as Antlers, and he's oh. just, he's great. As is that director. Guillermo Dor? del toro no uh he produced antlers i believe okay uh, okay the director okay. is uh scott cooper okay so yeah this was the the movie i got hostiles and it was <laughs> my friend and i were watching it for a little bit and we were like oh my god right now already the first five minutes of the movie it's the most depressing shit you will ever see it's, and it's it's, <laughs> it's real life you know kind of stuff it's like uh, Indians or Native Americans, I'm sorry, Native Americans being, you know, um, sort of attacked and uh, and things, you know, of that nature and stuff that was uh, pretty, you know, like was real, you know, shit. massacres and tragedies and exactly. Yeah. And in the first five minutes, and you're like, ah, I don't know if I want to see like, yeah. So this is how it's gonna go, huh? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I want to watch a movie where like a lot of it's like that because. Yeah. It just becomes like it's just like oh my god that's so negative, which is fine sometimes. You you can get you know because it's real. You know you do want to see that, but sometimes you don't want to be in that headspace. You know you want to yeah. be more. Yeah. You know even horror films they'll put you. I in think a, that's 
positive. Yeah, that's what's fun about the campy horror movies. That's why those are fun because you know you kind of get that, but it's also uh, you know it's just corny enough to keep you over here, not in it. You know, so you're you're able to laugh and you know enjoy, enjoy the scariness. But yeah. yeah, and that's what all you want to do is just enjoy the silliness, you know, or whatever. And and uh, I think I think films, especially now. They try to be so serious and so whatever. And I'm like, dudes, if you made more there comedy is... in it, it'll be more fun. Yeah, there does seem like there's a different formula. Someone the other day said, you know, the, the 80s movies, The Breakfast Club and this and that, all these movies, uh, like the John Hughes films, uh, will never be made again. And I'm like, why not? And then you look and it's like, oh, I don't, I can't pinpoint what it is, but there's a whole different, it's just a different time, you know? And, and I think, yeah. I don't know. It's really weird. It's just oh. some of them are, and I hate how they're doing remakes. And it's it's not that I hate a remake. It's that I think most of them are thrown out there with, or or I don't want to insult the actors, but for instance, the new Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. So what they lost in the movie was poltergeist was so craig t nelson and joe beth williams were integral to that movie like you can't you can't replace certain characters and certain charisma between them and that kind of thing and i think that's what's harder these days they try to they forget to have like uh I don't know. It just doesn't come off, you know, like when they were smoking a joint in bed and giggling and laughing and talking like a duck and then their kid walks in, uh, you know, and then of course you had your serious elements and all that too. But um, the new one, I thought they, they went more towards a horror movie, you know, like the, I don't know, the original one had a, some fun, more fun elements to it. And I don't know, I it's hard the, to say, but they I think the best remake of uh, Poltergeist was called Insidious. You know, and mm-hmm. that was that was a poltergeist, like you know, like I I remember because I interviewed Lynn Shay, um, I think before I'd even got to see the movie or whatever, you know, and I was asking her questions, and I watched, and I was like, that movie's so brilliant, you know, and then and to know, like, you know, my friend and I do this thing called horror film lovers, and uh, we do like these reviews and stuff, and we're reviewing all like we went on a James Wanathon um, and we were reviewing uh, a bunch of James Wan produced films and uh, conjuring and insidious and, and stuff like that. And we did insidious and we were just like, you know, this is so good. But like, if you think about where James Wan was before insidious, he had, um, he had two flops, you know, two terrible like movies that, and then Blumhouse came around and was like, you had two bad movies that didn't do well. Come work with us for much less than what you probably get from the the studios, and then we'll make magic, and we will, you know, you'll make that money back, and then, you know, you'll get your name back on top. And he did. And James Wan, even though people, you know, joke on the Aquaman movies or whatever, I mean, he's out there doing stuff that people. I've probably dreamed about doing, you know, in some way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, I adore that stuff. And I adore Blumhouse, even though some movies, 
I could live without of theirs, you know. Well, but I think that's almost any company. What did you think of uh, Hereditary? Um, I so it, it took a while before I actually watched it. I bought it on Blu-ray like last year, you know, and I finally sat down and watched it and everything. <clears throat> and um, I liked it. Um, I mean, it it had some moments that were like really creepy you know and 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 cool and different and i was like oh my god what is this movie um but i mean it, it's not it's not my favorite let's just say that like it's it's got some great moments but all in all i uh not the kind that i would really watch again but i just i, I it was shocking i should say like when the uh the, the girl was beheaded and then i always thought headless people are are extra creepy yeah when she got when she about... was looking out the window and you know yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert! But if you haven't seen the movie, that's your fault because it's been out. Yeah. Uh, then, he, then when he goes home and he just leaves her in the car, her headless body, and goes up. Goes and then he goes up to yeah, he goes to bed and just yeah, doesn't say anything. That was just so fucking funny. Um, yeah, he was so traumatized. And uh, what about the one with the? Uh, oh god, what the hell was the name of that? With the? Uh, are are you? Uh, so the the same director made another movie right after called Midsummer, Midsummer, or whatever you want to call it. And uh, have you seen that one? No, I did not. I heard that was a slow burn. Uh, it's I, got one kinda... scene that's very much like the uh, the headless scene that just shocked me. And uh, I won't say uh, anything if you haven't seen it yet. But um, okay, uh, it it's definitely it's got it's got some shocking element. Actually, a lot of shocking elements. And I think that that tends to be like a thing I don't like. You know, and I I did enjoy Midsommar, and that was the first one I, I watched that before I watched Hereditary. Um, interestingly enough, and uh, I had to review that for another podcast, and I was just like, I mean, it didn't really it didn't really do anything for me, uh, personally, but like I get people who like it. Um, and then he did that Joaquin Phoenix movie, you know, or whatever. Um, I think which. What's the one with Justin Long and that rental property? And um, them getting what you're talking about, but the tunnel, the tunnel down below in the basement or whatever, and the big. Uh, I'm I'm looking lady. It up right now, because uh, I don't oh. think I ever watched it. Um, I know oh, that. it's definitely but, uh, barbarian, but, no. barbarian, barbarian. If you haven't seen that, uh, no, I haven't seen it wow. yet. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil it for you. It uh, it's definitely worth a watch. Justin uh, Long end, is like, oh. funny, you know, because he's yeah, so he does far. a lot of good stuff. He <laughs> actually they did a movie here in my town, Gladstone, just a couple blocks away. It was him and I, I, I the other the guy I don't remember, but Carl Weathers was here. Uh, oh, rest in peace, Carl. Sasquatch Dumpling Gang is what they called it. I think it's called the Sasquatch Gang now. What? But yeah, Justin Long. Oh. He was he 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 was a mullet having, mustache having Camaro with the large wheels in the back and the small ones in the front. You know, colored fender type of guy. Right. Um, he he was awesome. He was. Oh, awesome. it hasn't been listed on. Um, uh, oh, okay, yeah, it is. Okay, so it's two thousand six, the Sasquatch game. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, okay, I thought it was a new movie. Um, but yeah, no, he 
he's one of those guys that like I love his career because he takes chances and he doesn't like he was in Tusk. We just reviewed that for yes, what, what yes, the fuck Friday, and um, it was so funny because like looking at that movie again, having not seen it in, in a while, um, I just was like. Like me and my friend were just thinking, what is, uh, you know, it's gotta be, it's gotta be fun to be in that suit, you know, right? But it's also gotta be a little bit like suffocating and 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 you know what I mean, like. And I was oh, like, man, is you... he in that suit or is that somebody else? You know, in the Him, suit. In the beginning of the Barbarian, he's driving in his convertible car and he's on the phone. That's all I'll tell you, but it's such a good scene for him. It is such a good scene, and because he's such a fun-loving, you know, but really this phone call reveals something quite wow. different. And uh, it's, yeah, it's definitely, it, it's worth the watch for sure. I got I to gotta check it out. I just, I'm sad it doesn't seem to be on any... Uh you know, any uh, streaming, streaming platform. uh, platforms, which, okay. So I, I want to talk to you about this. Are you a big physical media um, person or, or do you like streaming? Uh, both. Both? Really. I mean, uh, I've got a lot of discs and, uh, well, actually I, I get a disc here about almost once every two weeks. So I just got the sound of freedom. Watched that last night. A friend of mine buys movies and he, just sends them to me and has me send them the digital copy because he doesn't want the, the actual disc. And so I just you keep just getting rip these it in and the then mail. just send it to him. Right. Awesome. No, I just, I keep the disc. I just take a picture of the code, the digital code, because he has got a digital library. So he just downloads the digital code and gives me the disc. And wow. so uh, he's been, been sending me all kinds of movies. Uh, Barbie, <laughs> just saw Barbie. Did not think nice. I was going to watch Barbie, but I ended up watching it. I, you know, it's funny. So many people are like, I don't want to watch Barbie because it's Barbie. What do I have to? And I'm like thinking, well, I don't I haven't seen it yet, but I can say, like, I'm pretty sure it's not what you think of Barbie, you know, like. It's 100 percent not what I would have thought the movie was about. And actually, it ended up being pretty funny. Yeah. I, I did not. Uh, I did not hate it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it, it's interesting. I I have a partner in my uh, indie film cafe stuff that I do, and he uh he's older than I am. Uh, he's in his you know mid to late fifties, you know, and stuff. And he just he hates Hollywood. Like Hollywood, be damned! Like I hate everything Hollywood now. Like Hollywood died in the eighties or whatever. I kind of get it, and and kind of thing. And so, like, there occasionally, like Oppenheimer, he really wants to see because you know it looks good, and you know the Martin Scorsese movie, you know things like that that are just not the typical shit that Hollywood puts out. Like he right. won't watch like. Marvel movies or or a comic. I do not like Marvel. I just I, I have no not, interest in it. I I I, I just I, my my buddy every day I spend with he loves it and I really I just don't like superhero movies anymore and I think I just got too blasted with them. CGI kills me when it's overly done and now all I see is people in tights and see you know the just I see it. I don't know. I don't. I don't. 
I don't like it. I don't. But you gotta I can't like get the movie it. The Boys. Have you ever seen the show The Boys on Amazon? Uh, I've not. You gotta see that. It's like well, I mean, most... I, I love Deadpool was was amazing. Yeah, you know, and I'll always watch the Spider Mans, the Supermans, and the classics. In fact, I did watch the uh, Wonder Woman. I like that. Okay, uh, except for nineteen eighty four, right? Did you see the new like Wonder Woman? Uh, I didn't. I didn't finish that one. I got yeah. distracted. Well, I but mean, uh, it's kind of yeah. Sad no, you... I just uh, I'm not that I'm not that into them. I just I don't know what it is. They just kind of rub me the wrong way, but. Um, I mean, I, I kind of get it because now there is, there's a little bit, you know, the remake thing, we've been joking about this now for like 20 years and it's like out of freaking control. I mean, the little mermaid. Okay. I, I don't mean this one or the one before it or the one before that or the one before that. I think it's been like six times they've redone it. I mean, I, I don't mm-hmm. care who who's playing who or whatever. None of that, I don't give a shit about any of that, but you know, it's, the story has already been told. Why tell well, it again and again and again? I mean, you know, because it's a it's a story like it's a timeless tale. That's that's why. You know? Yeah, I mean, um, I get it, but it's and they're trying to milk some more money out of it, you know. But they just, uh, you know, I, I see so many times too where where you know, I, I don't know. It just the, the remakes, but then you also have to think because they used to joke for like the last twenty years, man. They've been like, what is Hollywood out of ideas? Well, you know, in in that that whole midst of things, I also discovered things like Raiders of the Lost Ark, one of the you know most amazing movies ever. That was a that was a remake. Well, uh, it tons was of a, movies that are. It was a uh, at the time when they made Raiders of the Lost Ark, it was a uh, uh, a throwback to a time that you know that george lucas loved it goes with star wars uh somebody pointed I out i believe there is a movie i think though if i'm not i might be wrong but i thought there there was literally a movie or something called raiders of the lost ark like in the 40s or something that was black and white so but i don't um, know i might you be might wrong be right. i might, be, might wrong. be right um i um so somebody was saying that uh Back in the day, there was that 2001 A Space Odyssey done by Stanley Kubrick. And at that time, nobody had done that yet, right? Nobody had made that kind of sci-fi kind of thing and make it whatever until after that movie got got praise and got all this stuff, George Lucas was able to make Star Wars, you know, and stuff. And that, um, you know, in a way, you can believe Jaws. Even then, they had... had, uh so much trouble selling it nobody wanted it that's how he got all the rights to the toys and everything that was genius well yeah i mean genius yeah there there was a lot of problems i I remember watching that uh documentary about the making of it and just all the the trials and tribulations that they went through just on the first movie you know and everything and he was it it was his I can't remember her name, but a woman came in and she is credited with saving it. She did. Hold on, because it sucked. Let me do a re-edit. Boom. Yeah. And then you got what we have know today. Yep. And uh and and it was great. If that that movie did really well, and then it um you know skyrocketed to the next you know, they did the next movie, the next movie, and um I, I do feel like we have a little bit of sequelitis, but I'm I'm different. I I like cinematic universes. I like movies connecting, and I think it's because I'm a child of the the 80s and 90s, where 
especially 90s where like TGIF there was like crossovers and different yeah. things and I, I liked that Um, I know comic books have been doing that for years you know or whatever and Freddie and Jason I mean Freddy there's Jason, uh, yeah, yeah there's there is it is pretty cool to to have those but those it has to be done things. well enough like I'm watching the Marvels right now and everything and I'm kind of like I'm in the middle of it I haven't finished it yet but I'm I'm kind of enjoying it just because I, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a Marvel simp. I'm sorry, I can't I can't. <laughs> no, I didn't go just... see it in the theater. I didn't see it in the theater, um, just because, and it wasn't because I didn't want to support, you know, three hardworking women or whatever. It's just I had no desire to see anything in the theater. Like I'm the next theater experience I'm going to go to is uh, Ghostbusters: uh, Frozen Empire, you know, just because. I've... Ghostbusters. Have you seen Godzilla? Minus no, one. No, I haven't. I, I'll wait for it for a stream. Wow. Yeah, I've heard it great things, but I'm not incredible. a Godzilla fan. Like I just, yeah. I didn't grow up on them, and mm-hmm. so I, and I honestly, I'm not a fan of like the new Godzilla stuff. Like I know that <laughs> one is nothing like that, but like right. I I'm hate just... the American versions, all of them, all the way back to Matthew Broderick, uh, all oh, the way well, back to yeah. Godzilla 1980. I'm a big fan of Toho. Those are the guys in the rubber suits, you know, and uh, the old fun stuff where he had more of a personality. But this new one, uh, the story in it, it, it's it's there's no way this thing doesn't get an Oscar. It's like it's the greatest Godzilla movie that's ever been made because if you took Godzilla out of the movie, it would be an Oscar worthy movie right the plot and that's, and that's the is- problem is like horror especially i'm waiting for the day that tides start turning because um you know uh the the academy is made of like a lot of stuffy white people you know white men you know or whatever and i think the tides are turning and then horror is gonna slowly become like bigger into into the academy you know and and people are going to be trying to make really good movies and good horror films you know like they like silence of the lambs is a horror film i don't care if you call it a thriller. yes it is yes it is jaws won academy awards you know yeah jaws won academy awards um you know but then they call them thrillers they don't call thrillers and suspense suspense thrillers and I, i i i worked at a video store we had a suspense thriller section, and I'm like, yeah, these movies are basically horror films. Just take out the, you know, I mean, psychological horror films, you know, or whatever, you know, most of the time. Watch, watch, uh, prom night again. That's straight up PG 13. There was no gore. They didn't, no one got, you did, you just saw like the arm come down, and then, you know, maybe there would be a little blood on the wall, but you, there was the original like zero or the gore. remake, uh, original with Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. And then yeah, I it heard, was super tame. Uh, yeah, or Terror Train, I'm sure was super yeah. tame, you know, for that kind of time yeah. period and stuff like that. But the 80s, 80s had such a weird kind of thing because I think they were sort of there were some films that were, you know, pushing the boundaries of what they can or cannot show to the MPAA. But then there's some films that you know, I don't know, it's just kind of we're just like you know, let's just let's just make this movie and not have a lot of blood in it, you know, or whatever. Yeah. You know, um, we're making it for the art, you know, of, of making prom night, you know, the perfect. Right. Example. So I don't know. Um, 
you know, I'm looking at my, I got movies over here and I'm looking at my Halloween collection and stuff and how, how different that is. Cause each, each, just like most of the horror things, each sequel got bloodier and bloodier a little bit, but you know, if you watch the original horror film, there's, there's not a lot of blood, you know, in that movie. Right. Right. It, it's mainly the act of him coming down with the knife. That that's scary. You know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, I feel like horror films don't need that stuff, but you know, um, also horror films don't need so much fucking nudity. You know, I mean, I, they insert it at like it's sometimes it's funny. It's just like, hey, take your shirt off for no reason. We gotta have boobs in our movie. I, uh, you know, it's like it has nothing to do with anything. But I right. worked, I worked with a uh, actress, Tina Kraus, and she said. Uh, I don't know if you know her, but um, sounds very familiar. Yeah, she's a scream queen. She's fantastic, and she was like, I, I, I ended up. We were supposed to do nudity for her, and I still paid her for the nudity, you know, like all that stuff. But I chose not to to do it, uh, mainly for time. You know, we just didn't have a lot of time to shoot that stuff. We had to get out of this hotel, you know, quicker because the hotel people are starting to catch on on stuff and telling us that we we're too loud, and I didn't want them to shut down the movie while we we're in the middle of shooting so right um i said okay well um uh let's not do that and then i i told her that she was like this is like the first time that you know uh, that i was told not to do nudity in my in yeah the- someone paid me to keep my clothes yeah. on. wait a minute and she was like uh and i was like really she was like yeah most of the time guys will make up a reason like oh you're running into the woods and this tree catches your shirt and pulls it <laughs> off yeah yeah and i was like really like, uh, like I just don't understand that. But it, it is, it's, it's the gratuitous nudity that just, I, I don't, I don't think it's, I think it's only needed if it's needed. You know, like if, if there's a scene in the movie that calls for nudity, you know, sort of thing. Like, but like having somebody in a shower and they're just bathing themselves just to have a shower scene, basically, it gets, it, it gets sort of noxious, you know. Unless you're making like a a throwback to the '80s or something, but nowadays weird things are happening. So I'm gonna stop and skinny dip real quick, you know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like what? What in the world are you are you thinking? You know, but whatever. It's not my, (laughs) you know, um, that's not my bag. Um, uh, I mean, I'm not gonna complain about seeing titties in a in a movie, you know. But I'm gonna be like, I'm like, I kind of feel bad. You know, because even though some actors love doing it and don't mind, they just like, like, just will take it off. Um, I, I still sort of like, I feel like it's a little bit of exploitation, and and yeah, that we just don't need to have like unless it's really crucial. And then people like Tony Scott were able to do it in a very sexy sort of good-looking way, like uh, Top Gun had that sex scene with Tom Cruise, you know, and Kelly McGillis that just looked great. You know, it looked, it was a very art arty, you know, and stuff. And it it did everything it needed to do without doing it, you know, in my opinion. So, I don't know. I think horror films should be, be less a lot of the stuff that they do, especially in the indie world. Because, well, uh, you know, I, I always wanted to make, and the same could be said for horror, but it's like, what if I always imagined this movie, and for some reason I imagined Jackie Chan in it, but like, uh, 
the guy gets up in the morning, he's brushing his teeth, whatever normal, while the credits are rolling, you know, the, the opening credits. And like the second, all he's trying to do is go to work. And the, the second he steps out of his door, for one reason or another, and he's just, the car's tumbling and he's doing all this stuff all the way to work. And it's like the most incredibly insane day in the world. And then I watched Hardcore Henry and realized, no, that sucked, man. That sucked. Yeah. And then, you know, horror, you have to be able to take your breath or the next thing's not scary. It gets boring. So you have to, you have to have those times where you're all back to, okay, I'm back to go, you know, and then the rising tension, uh, you kind of go back to whatever. Mm. So, Absolutely. Uh, I, I haven't seen Hardcore Henry, but saw the preview of it. And I was like, the whole preview. Neat idea. It's just, it's too fast. It just, it, it doesn't stop. You you almost get bored. It is too much. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a lot of ways to get bored. Um, indie film these days, also, there there's certain directors or whatever that uh, will just put so much padding into the movie of like people walking with music and stuff. And so boring it's like come on can i I don't want to watch a movie where people are walking you know like you know um though my my indie film cafe partner found a movie that actually exists it's three hours of watching paint dry no wow yeah uh apparently the uh british uh was it um censor board or whatever has a thing where they have to watch every movie that uh, you know that these people somebody got them back. <laughs> yeah, because they were. I think they. I don't know if they had turned them down or something, or or they were censoring all these movies. But he made a movie where he literally just put the camera on and made a whole thing where just watching Patreon. It was nuts. Uh, I've not seen it. I will not watch it. I mean, there's no reason for me. I'll just to watch fast it. forward for the good parts. Like it's literally the yeah I guess like good parts would be the parts where it actually started to you know to to dry you know yes yes I don't know but it's just so funny that somebody did that I'm like that's insane no it's brilliant um all right so you got this Indiegogo um that's out and available for people to check out Uh, I'll put the link on the um bottom of the info here so people can can go check it out and everything. Um, and uh, do you have a website or anything like that yourself? No, we're just running that right now. I'm, uh, you know, just on the Facebook and whatnot. And, uh, you know, we're offering what a lot of campaigns offer, you know, new parts of the movie, um, a lot of cool perks. And we're just trying to make something that's really going to be unique and fun and I already have Eddie Deason signed on. Nice. So, From uh, was he I've like been, ski school or something? Or he was in Greece and uh, original War Greece. Games. Yeah, and War Games, and uh, he's the voices of like a zillion characters. Um, yes, War Games, Greece, The Polar Express. Can't buy me. Le- no, there was. I forget the other one he was in with Wendy Jo Sperber. They're actually he's at that movie tonight, watching it in the theater with his agent. But um. Uh, yeah, no, I'm really excited about having Eddie in. Uh, I've been a big fan of him. You know, I, nobody can Eddie Deason like Eddie Deason. You know, he's really unique and uh, very recognizable character from so many things. And he's just been so damn funny. I'm like, I would love to have him. And I was fortunate enough 
that my first choice for the part that he's playing was him. And I just, for the heck of it, started talking to some people. And the next thing I knew, bam, there it is with full authority to mention it. And so, yeah. I just watched him uh, recently and I want to hold your hand. I forgot about that. He was in... That's the movie I was just thinking of. Yeah, he, him and uh, him and his buddy Steve are there tonight watching it in a theater. Um, That's awesome. I was a big, uh, huge fan of of Wendy Jo Sperber. Actually, she uh, I always loved her. There's something about her to me that stood out. She was so she had such good comedic presence. Um, there's a movie called Moving Violations. She's in. Oh, it. She's, I, I she own was, that. Yeah, I love it. She was hilarious. Um, yeah, I love that movie. I, I when I worked at the theater back in um, yeah, she was, uh, she was in Back to the Future. She was um, the sister of um, uh, yes, of, uh, Michael J. Yes. Fox, and she was yeah, wonderful. She, was she had great. such a great career going, and then I think unfortunately she passed Cancer. away. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. Uh, it's a bummer. Um, uh, we we uh, cancer gets all the best people, man. Like, and well, well death sad. is coming for us one way or the other. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, you, you can't know, can't really point. stop it, you know. No, you know, you can. You might be able to delay it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, prolong, maybe. prolong, but it's you can't. You're only delaying the inevitable. You know, that's we're right. All, we're all gonna die, but uh, you know, unfortunately, I had a uh, a string of of deaths happen like uh this, you know, starting December. So I was like, can just death just give me a break for like at least a few months just to like, you know, uh, uh, it seems every year during the holiday season, it seems like I have, I have tragedies. a theory about Something. that. I, I think that death uh, takes it more because he has a quota and he was like, oops, I forgot to, to pick up these guys and do this. Yeah. I got to get some extras there before the, before yeah, the end of the year. Yeah. Before uh, God looks at me and, you know, asks me, uh, Ask me how many I did today. You know, it's like that scene in Super yeah. Troopers where he's like, uh, you gotta know, get the, the quota. Yeah, he's like the chief, chief's like, you know, you only did, you know, five or whatever. And it's like, hey, I, you know, I, I can't make them speed. <laughs> and the guy's like, you know, try hiding, you know, <laughs> or whatever. And I love yeah. that because I can't believe that, like, I mean, that is probably a very true thing. Like each month, cops have a quota of how many, tick- uh, how many people well, they have to. They they'll deny it, but you know, if you think about it, if a guy's out on patrol and he never gives anybody a ticket, he could just go park behind a Dunkin' Donuts and go to sleep, you know, or whatever. So yeah, like, prove somehow it, he's... receipts. He brought the receipts, literally. I know, like there's got to be somehow he's, you know, been caught like that. But you know, whatever. Anyway, it's it's true, and I actually. When I worked at the video store, uh, that was when I when I saw Super Troopers. I saw a couple state troopers come in. I said, "Oh, you guys must love that movie." And they were like, "Nope, not at all." A I hate murder that movie. for a cop. Uh, that seems I did interview the guy uh, who did the uh, uh, who was uh, who did the um, what is it the the meow scene, you know, and everything. Oh, nice. And right uh, meow. Yeah. yeah, right meow. And I got to interview him. And I was working at Burger King at the time and I interviewed him. And the day that I was about to interview him, I was working or the day before or something. And I was I got I heard my 
the guy up in the front go, uh, I need a double uh, cheeseburger. It's for a cop. <laughs> and uh, he was on the phone with me and I told him that. And he goes, tell, uh, you know, did you tell him uh, to hold the spit? And I was like, damn it. I did it. Where were you in my head when, you know, when that happened? I don't know. I was just so shocked that that was a, that that literally happened like right before I got to interview the guy. You know, that's funny stuff. Yeah, so it was it was neat. Um, Steve Lemmy is the actor's name, and he's a he's a wonderful dude. Um, uh, I have not talked to him since that interview, but you know, like we don't, you know, uh, I was just very happy to get that chance and that opportunity and stuff. So, uh, but anyway, thank you so much once again. This is awesome. Thank you. Really appreciate having you here. Um, and are you on any other social medias other than Facebook? Well. <sighs> I was, but TikTok just gave me the boot. They what? Did do. you do something like they were not happy with? Was it horror related or something or what? Uh, no, I do. Like I, like I said, I do a lot of uh, cartoon voiceovers and such. And <laughs> I have a dark sense of humor. And, you know, I make fun of anything and whatever. But, uh, you know, within reason. So there is... I see jokes in places and sometimes maybe they shouldn't be said, but I see them. So I say them. And there is uh, in the original Grinch, when the Grinch is, he's coming down the thing and they, they zoom into his heart and they're talking about how his heart grew two sizes that day. And I, I just turned it into like, he had too many boosters and he got like myocarditis and uh, they're like, Nope. And they'd already given me a couple warnings for a couple of other videos that were just like dumb. And I'm like, oh, but, you so know, that was like about the straw. The... That was the straw that broke the camel's back. That was the one. In. And I, you know, I'm like, I don't even give a shit. I, uh, on Facebook, you know, I have Troy Oki, Troy Oki 2, Troy Oki 3, Troy Oki 4, Ima, really Troy Oki. And once they figured out how to associate all those together, once one's down, the rest are down. So they took one of my profiles and I had to restart all fresh. I could use my name again because I wasn't on any block list anymore because it didn't exist. But uh, I would get like my friends would share the same memes and nothing would happen. And at some point, once you get on a list, you're just in trouble. Oh, they're <laughs> just watching the wrong... you. Like, yeah, okay. they're they're uh, you know, you share the wrong thing and uh no jeffrey dahmer ones apparently yeah uh, yeah i don't yeah, i don't it's, understand it's... that like i mean uh, first of all they're jokes you know and they're yep. jokes about cannibalism what is what's bad on facebook about cannibalism like well it's weird too like even if you did something in the context of historical accuracy i mean uh hitler was on the cover of like time magazine or something way back when and if you even like post a picture of Hitler saying, you know, beware of this jackass or, or, you know, you could talk all bad about him. AI picks up that it's Hitler and you are man. You're, you're, you know, for, for sharing dangerous organizations. And yeah, but I, I, I was saying that they were a dangerous organization and they're like, yeah, but you shared it. And I'm like, well, how else was I supposed to tell people it was dangerous, you know, or whatever, but it's, you know, they, it's just weird. And then I think what's happening now, I'm seeing tons and tons of people, like legit that aren't posting anything wrong that not even could be construed as wrong and they're getting it. And I tell them appeal because the AI, they're having a lot of the AI go out and start hitting things and to pull it down. And then you have to say, Hey, and then if a human will look at it, I go, Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, if they, they got it wrong. Um, 
then you're good. And I, I had that happen to me several times. And, you know, I, I appealed and won like six out of 10. But mm -hmm. then when it hit 10, they said, you have, you had 10 in a row, you're out of here. And I'm like, well, I won six of those. It's not 10 in a row at all. I was right. I had so. these, uh, I had these guys, uh, start like a hate page about me and shit. This is back <laughs> in like 2013. And they were like, just attacking me. Like, and they wow. pretending to be me. And they were saying all these things. Some of them were actually true, but like things I don't want people to know that like they found out about me, you know, and shit and stuff. So I was like, I don't like, I don't, you know, uh, I, like this was bad and shit. And so I would keep reporting it. Like, and when they say, friends, oh, we left it up there, it doesn't go against yeah, our They standards. were like, oh, yeah, it doesn't go against our standards. The next day, and I talked to one of my close friends about it, and I said, like, look, um, what do I do about this? You know, or whatever. He goes, report it. Uh, and then tomorrow, report it again. The next day, report it again. And I did that for, like, I think it was two weeks or something, you know, reporting, like, different stuff. Some which actually had my name, and it was saying it was me. So I was like, this is impersonating a person and, you know, all these other things and, and stuff. And this goes against, you know, this stuff. And eventually they got rid of it. And um, they blocked those guys from what I heard from, you know, like they banned them from using Facebook for a little bit and stuff. So, you know, um, as they should is punishment. But like, I was just like so fucking pissed. It was like, like you're supposed to be helping with bullying and I'm getting bullied yeah. here and I'm not getting, you know, I, like whatever. So I, Facebook can be annoying. Um, you know, uh, but I guess any website now can, you know, well, you know, and it's like, Hey, uh, we kicked you off for this meme or this picture. And it's like, where the hell do you think I found it? Yeah. On Facebook. Yeah. And on uh, well, because that was the old Facebook, the old Facebook that didn't catch all this shit. Now it's catching this That's shit, true. and now it's even busting people from like ten years ago or something that they they posted that thing. And all of a sudden, you know, you're you're in trouble because you posted it ten years ago, and you're like, I don't even yeah, like I having that. You know how your your memories come up. You know, for the last few years on this day, you posted whatever. Well. A lot of times, rather than sharing that repost, I would just screenshot the picture and then reshare it. And I have gotten kicked off more times for that. I'm like, I, uh, if I just would have literally shared it, nothing would have happened. Or, you know, because I like, and I, I tell people this, like, you know, you can, I like people's stuff before I take. Before you I share things to my page because. Because then it's there. Have you ever gone to your page and it says this content is no longer there? Yeah. That happens all the time. So I put my content there. It's there. I own it now. I can go look back next year. That meme's still going to be there or that article about whatever. And, uh, you know, I, I used to have uh, my biggest one. I, I, I run the town's biggest uh, uh, Facebook page and it's their news page. In fact, I pulled a prank on the town and it made the news and <laughs> and uh, I lost control of that. They left and said, that's what's funny is they took my page. They kicked my butt off there, but they left on my pages with the thousands of people just to right. sit there. I, I don't, maybe because they, they have the people. They're like, huh, but you don't have it anymore. It's ours now. 
So, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I lost access to tons of that stuff once they kicked me off. And then like tons of my, my movie friends, you know, after I've gotten kicked off three or four profiles, I start over again, no problem, but they go up to 5,000 people or they're dead now. And I can't send them a friend request because they passed away. And so, yeah. And then, you know, you, Facebook has been busted in court. All these guys are censoring for whatever reasons. And I think that them using the AI is because the AI is still trying to figure out what's what. So it's censoring your grandma and everybody for sharing a cooking recipe. You know, it says cut the meat into oh what, you know. So <laughs> it's just bananas. And for a while, I started to do things like if you type the word kill and shoot and any of the anything that they, they will kind of flag it for you, you, you do K space I-O-L or S space H-O-O-T, you know, but then that used to work. And then the last time I, I did some kind of word that they used to not like, uh, they caught on to it. <laughs> are you sure you want to post this? Like, uh, uh, I like I'm sick of that. But are you on uh, X? No. No, you left Twitter. No, or you I, work? I hate Twitter. Twitter. No, I I don't like Twitter. It's just uh, for whatever reason. It's to me, it's the sewer of the internet. It's like I, well, everyone I mean, on it there is, is just more like, a little free speech in a way. Like, yeah, it just seems not- like every time I get everybody's fighting about everything, and it's like. I hardly see anything where anybody at all is like, yeah, look at this. Oh, okay. You know, there's always just this. Rah! And it seems like worse than any other site for some reason. Oh, yeah. Um, um, you know, I, I thought Facebook was bad. But boy, when I get in there, I'm just like, whoa. But uh, I had one a while back, but I, I would only go on there and I followed like three people like Vic, Vic Tafer or Tafer, whatever his name is. Uh, he's a. Uh, Raiders beat writer, you know, so I just get my, my inside Raiders news or whatever. But yeah, no, it was just the. Yeah. I, like I, um, you know, I, I do it like for the Marvel news or whatever and, and things like that, like movie news or whatever. But I, I try not to get into politics. Sometimes it's fun to just watch the clusterfuck of people like arguing and hating. Yeah, that's other. true. And, that is and because true. because I'm not involved in it, you know, like right. none of them are attacking me or or whatever. Driving by a unless, car wreck or something. Unless I did I did something stupid once. I um I got I started to sort of um help out the guy who plays Art the Clown, um David yes. Thornton Howard. Um and I started to like, you know, sort of be on his side against some people that were kind of attacking him. And that was the worst idea ever because all of a sudden <laughs> these guys were like, who are you? Who are you? I'm going to start looking up and finding out your past. I'm like, whoa, I'm just, I'm just here telling you guys, man, like leave him alone. Like he's just doing yeah, chill. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> chill. And now you're now you're no, that, after me. That is a huge problem. And, you know, as far as politics, I've been pretty clear to my friends that, I don't care who you vote for. If it's different than me, then, you know, I, too many people are like, oh, then I don't like you anymore or whatever. So I look at it like sports. Okay. You got a Dallas Cowboy fan and you have a Washington Redskins fan. Those are arch rivals, uh, but these uh, two well, guys are best, not Redskins best buddies. Commanders now. Oh yes, yes. I love that. How they <laughs> they des- the 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 name was designed by Native Americans. The uh, the guy in the picture was an actual chief, and it was designed by Native Americans. 
And then these white people come along and complain about it. And so they name it the most white thing ever. The Commanders. There's no Native American in command. You know, I thought it used to be cool. The Native Americans had a team, you know, and then all of a sudden everybody's like, ah, and the Redskins actually stands for the vermilion face paint that the, the local tribe wore. Um, and it was all designed by the Native Americans and stuff. And I don't know. It was just, I, you know, I, I, I never understood that, but. I just found that when they named it, you know, it's like, okay, you know, you just, it, it is what it is. If it's whatever, then, you know, I, I don't have anything vested in it. I, so no big deal, but I'm but like, I'm not commanders. Big, oh, commanders. The command. It just I, seems so white. I know. And it, so like, cause I'm, you know, I'm from Virginia. So like I, uh, I'm over by DC and everything. I'm three hours away. And, uh, like that was the team, you know, like you can see old pictures of me wearing a red. Well, yeah, I read, I, I'll say Redskins because that's what it was back then. And I was wearing yeah. a Redskins, uh, shirt, you know, jacket or whatever and stuff. And, you know, I, I wasn't a huge, I'm not a Redskins fan. I just, I'm like, I grew up around. Here yeah. It's the local team around here. We yeah. got, uh, everybody wears Seahawks gear. Right, because you're over by Seattle, so you know. Like, yeah, I'm like, get that. that's a different state, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, my dad, uh, my dad's a a Giants fan, and he grew up in Massachusetts because back when he was, you know, when he was growing up, he had to pick a team, you know, or whatever. The closest teams were the New York Giants or the New York Jets, and he chose to go with the New York Giants. Uh, there was no New England Patriots at the time. You know, so I I fell in love with the Raiders because the colors and everything, and I think the dudes all had like long hair and beards, and they didn't look all the crew cut normal. You know, they just looked like a bunch of outlaw rebels, and so it's like I don't know. I just thought that was neat as a kid, and the silver and black, and then it just. Uh, but they weren't the Raiders of the Lost Ark, though. Now that would be no, a funny, no. like funny, like parody is like yeah Raiders of the Lost. You know, like combine. The football team with the uh, with with Indiana. Jones. Oh, the they they got there with the sand and the Super Bowl trophy. They're trying to, yeah, you know, do <laughs> make a run for it. Yeah, and they have to they have to they have to push the ball the, 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 that's coming after them. They've got to... yeah <laughs> yeah they got guys trying to block it. Yeah. Oh jeez. Oh lord, that's like an SNL skit that should have existed at some point. Uh, they just didn't do. Um, but anyway, uh. Thank you so much. This has been fun. This has been an interesting conversation because, um, you know, I don't know. I Generally speaking, I don't get into politics. I don't care. I'm apolitical. I don't even have a political branch, so I don't care who, you know, like I have friends who are one way. I have friends who are another way. I have friends who are, yeah. you know, in the middle. I don't, I don't care, you know. Um, and. And the same thing with religion. You can vote. You can be whatever you want. You can be agnostic. You can be atheist. You can be whatever you know religion you want, as long as you're happy. You know, um, don't, yeah. I don't care. Um, Not hurting other people. Nobody, you know. But the problem is when they do start, you know, acting like that. Like my my religion or my political branch is better than yours. It, yeah. it becomes a problem of like, come on, dudes, like chill out. Like I don't. You know, like we can, you know, we're all here trying to, you know, survive this big spinning ball that we live on, you know, and everything. Exactly. Coexist and just you know, everybody should, you know, yep. be happy to, My you know, the, as much as possible. All right. Well, 
thank you so much everybody else uh thank you guys this has been kind of a cool thing because usually i do it every other tuesday but this will actually be out you know this tuesday so this will be you know this is out earlier than i think planned so awesome you know i'm excited all right well um, i appreciate it and everybody else uh tune in i think it'll be i think there'll be another interview next uh next week too so uh tune in uh for that one and until then everybody bye Thank <laughs> you.